In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Everybody knows that Pope John Paul II was shot four times by a Turkish gunman in St. Peter's Square in 1981. Not everybody knows that he was also stabbed by a priest in Fatima just a year later. Ironically, John Paul had gone to Fatima to give thanks for surviving the first assassination attempt when an angry Spanish priest tried again. He lunged at the Pope with a bayonet and he cut him. The Pope bled, but he didn't die, so it was sort of kept quiet. The priest went to prison, the Pope went home, and everybody just carried on. Something like that is happening in the gospel for today, and frankly, it is one reason that Epiphany always makes me slightly uncomfortable. Epiphany is meant to be this glorious season of rejoicing. It's not just that Jesus took flesh and blood from the Blessed Virgin Mother at Christmas. Much more importantly, it is that he was born for us. That's the big point that Luther always makes. It's not just that Jesus was divine or that Jesus was flesh and blood, but that Jesus is God in flesh and blood for you and for me. And then still more, from the moment that he is born, he is on his way to Lent and Good Friday and the cross as the only atonement for our sins. But preaching the cross means the way from here to there is always bumpy. Because, as Luther also says, when the word is rightly preached, the demons are loosed. It's the loose demons of Epiphany that can make me uncomfortable because Epiphany is an assassination waiting to happen. It's a rule that you can count on. Evil always reacts to good. Poke a devil in the eye and he will poke you back. And if you are a devil, there was never a bigger poke in the eye than Jesus born of Mary in the flesh and now especially today in the synagogue. This is what's happening in the gospel for today. Jesus has come to Capernaum and on the Sabbath day in Capernaum, Jesus goes to church. But this week, church is different. Instead of the same boring, tired, sleepy stuff, you know what I mean, the slow organ, the boring sermon, the lifeless liturgy, the weak responses. Instead of that, Jesus is dazzling. Jesus preaches and he teaches like nobody there ever preached and taught before. When Jesus arrives, he is this bundle of Christmas and epiphany, and he sets loose this glorious stream of rejoicing. His words do what they say, healing and forgiving and casting out and loosing and encouraging. That's the difference between Jesus and all the other rabbis. The difference is Jesus' words do what they say, and everybody can see it. 
Jesus doesn't say, someday the lame will walk, someday the blind will see, someday the demons will come out, someday the prisoners will be set free. Instead, right now, Jesus speaks. And the blind see, and the lame walk, and the captives are free, and, this morning, the demons, in fact, come out. He makes the demon come out right now. So here is Jesus in the flesh revealing himself as Messiah and letting everyone know that he is there to repair the damage. Jesus is there to heal and to forgive. Jesus is on his way to the cross. He is on the way to save us all. Of course, the devils see that too. And they are not dazzled. They are tortured and enraged. It's a very interesting thing about Jesus' words. Jesus speaks a good word, and that good word blesses the faithful. But that very same good word tortures the demons. That same word pokes the devil in the eye, and so you see the devil reacting, convulsing the man and crying out. He almost tears the man in two as he is expelled. Verse 24, have you come to destroy us? Quite simply, the answer is, yes, I have come to destroy you. And that's why Epiphany starts to get choppy and bumpy near the end. It's because we are on our way to the clearest possible confession in the church, that Jesus is the Christ, God and man, and he is here, as the Catechism says, to destroy sin, death, and the devil. We've been talking a lot about this on Sunday morning Bible study, about giving a winsome witness, and how sometimes folks react to your witness with anger or scorn. Now, presuming that you are giving a winsome witness, that is, presuming you're not being a dork, this is one reason for their anger and their scorn. With your good words, you've poked the demons in the eye. With your witness, like Jesus, you wake them up. And this is one way that they poke you back. It happened to Jesus. It happened to the disciples. It happened to Luther. It happened to John Paul. I can't imagine that it wouldn't happen to you or to me. So the practical question is, I think, if we know that our life, if we know that our witness, if we know that our good words give the devil a poke in the eye and that we will suffer for it, do we carry on? We do. And we watch Jesus. This morning, it's very uncomfortable for the man who is possessed. It's very uncomfortable for the crowd, and it's also very uncomfortable for Jesus. And yet, in the end, Jesus is there to repair the damage. Jesus is there to heal. Jesus is there to destroy the demons. So in the end, it's all worth it. And that, you see, is the reason that we carry on, because it's worth it. It's actually worth it. That's the point. You're the point. You are worth it. And your friends and the people you bump into, they're worth it as well.
So Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. That is what he does. That's the reason he's here. And while it may be painful for a little while, in the end, the good news is, is that everybody survives and everybody flourishes, except the demon. From this day on, that demon and all his demon friends will spend every minute of every day trying to find a way to poke Jesus in the eye, to poke him back. But if you stay with Jesus through Epiphany and Lent, you will see a host of sinners along the way, those who are broken, those who are sick, those who are possessed, those who are sinful. You will see them loved and restored and released and settled and healed and forgiven. And you will find that to be terribly, terribly exciting. What is this? Who is this? It is Jesus. And they welcome his authority. They welcome his shepherding. They welcome his care because they know that it is for their good and for our good. It's different. It's fresh. It's new. It's dazzling. It is astonishing. It's divine. He's divine. Not so long from now, the other shoe will drop. It's an early Ash Wednesday this year. And that can make us uncomfortable. By the time we get to Good Friday, we will rediscover that the assassination of an innocent man is nobody's idea of a good time. But along the way, it is not ours to worry. We don't go alone. Jesus goes with us. And evil is not the end of us. Jesus heals us. And his love is stronger than pain and death. And beyond Lent, there's Easter and then resurrection. So off we go now for a taste of that, first to the Eucharist, but then very soon to the cross, and then to a new life as his witnesses. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.